Okay, welcome to another edition of the Brisbane Football Reviews MPL. So that's Scott and I'm with you as usual. Adam, another full weekend of football here in South East Queensland. It never fails to disappoint, doesn't it? It's always something happens. Absolutely. I think springtime has uh, now so well and truly set in for across the uh, leagues, and uh, which also means that the finals are in sight. Absolutely. The, the big warm weather jackets can be put away for another year and we can get ready for finals football. And I mentioned it's the focusing on the weekend, but I want to go back to midweek, actually, Adam, because there was a very, very important game played midweek in the MPL men's competition between Morton Bay United and Gold Coast. And it was a 1-0 win for Morton Bay in the 94th minute from young Will Edmiston with the winner. But Gold Coast United was sent down to nine men. Now, you kept an eye on this to some degree, Adam. What happened? Um, it's interesting. I like, We've been talking about this. There must be something in the water at the moment because there seems to be a lot of angry players out there at the moment. And um, uh, Jared Cole got uh, got shown a uh, second yellow card in about the 30th minute for probably two very, very you know, poor tackles. But um, Alex Tabillon then uh, talked his way pretty much off the park and actually had to be uh, had to be pretty much dragged off by Gray Pittick, which um was a really, you know, a very unsavoury look for the game. Um, obviously, he's going to now spend some time uh, in having, serving a suspension. And I, realistically, I don't really see him getting back in a uh, Gold Coast United shirt. But credit to Gold Coast. that they, they, With nine men, they held out for an hour before, you know, Will Edmondson popped up and scored the winner, which was a big three points for uh, Morton Bay. It was, and you're right. There certainly does appear to be something in the water at the moment with some of these NPL games. So we'll have to talk about that over the course of the next half hour. So, but first, we should mention on the show last week, we spoke about Lachlan Hunter's injury he sustained in the game against Gold Coast Knights for Olympic last week. It came out on Monday that he is fine. So that's great news as well. Yeah, yeah, that's an important thing. But it has been a. Um... A tough week for Olympic uh, with news of um, Nathan Wecker uh, passing away in a tragic um, motor vehicle uh, accident. So that obviously has been respect to shown across the weekend. And um, like I said, once again, wants to foreshadow our condolences to his family, um, friends, teammates, and the Olympic Football Club as a whole, as well and as well as uh, Noosa Lions as well, who have also have a connection with him. So, yeah, tough week for the football community in that regard. So, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, it has been one of those weeks where it's been newsworthy from uh, pretty much the whole week. It has, and I'm seeing condolences to the family of Nathan Wickett as well. We will move on to the round that what was played this weekend. and It did begin with Olympic FC at Capalaba on front, a 2-1 win for Olympic. There two goals from Steve White there getting the points for Olympic on Saturday, Gold Coast Knights three, Morton Bay United one. Knights coming from a goal down there to pick up the points at home. Lions six nil winners at home to Eastern Suburbs. A red card there for Jaden Bellarezzo. Sent East down to ten, and Lions took full advantage. Our Magpies two, Sunshine Coast Wanderers five. We'll talk about that in a moment. Logan two, Redlands United three, and Brisbane Strikers nil, Peninsula Power nil. And there's one game to be played between Brisbane Raw and Gold Coast United, which was called off due to the weather down there at Complex. That'll be played on Monday night. Now, Adam, let's start at the end of this round. Brisbane Strikers nil, Peninsula Power nil. Can you explain this one to me? Because Strikers were strikers have been more competitive in the last two weeks since they made the coaching change, but that's a great result for them. I know it's not the result they wanted, but it's a great result for them nevertheless. Yeah, it's very, very easy 
ability to look at that result and say what has happened to Peninsula Power, and we'll get to that in we'll put that to one side for the moment. But um, we'll get back. Look, to you that. Got, yeah, you got to give credit to Brisbane Strikers. That look, their situation is probably hopeless as well. But to at least come out and show the fight, to come out and hold the league leaders, uh, you know, to a nil all draw, I think that that's got to be worth something. As far as you know, if if not, you know, salvaging this season, but at least that you know, if they can keep this group together, maybe the hope of you know rebounding back into MPL, you know, with a bit more experience with the players in this squad, maybe what they're look, looking forward to. But look, that's um, that aside, uh, potential power. I I still think that they haven't come back from the um, from the, the from the break. That's this is two sort of fairly um, ordinary performances from them by their lofty standards. And uh, yeah, again, um, I, I question, are the, are some of the players looking at the big match in um, in just over uh, two weeks, just under two weeks' time? Well, there's a week and a half away now. You're referring to the FFA Cup clash against Brisbane Raw. I had a blank on who they were playing. They're playing against the Raw. But yeah, they, they, maybe they are. But they haven't really come out of this latest lockdown period well, have that. What one point out of six is just—it's not what you expect of the league. We know they've got a large margin for error, but it's just—it's very unpower-like, isn't it? Yeah. Look, and you could have forgiven in isolation the loss to Lions last week, um, based on the fact that Lions just seemed to come out, and obviously as their results show, also as well uh, last night, they're obviously really firing all cylinders now. But for power, that's now two. That's two games now that they've really that they've, they've really struggled, um, and no no goals in open play in two games, which is probably the most which is probably the most concerning thing uh, for them at the moment. Look, at, at the moment they've got still a fairly handy buffer at the top of the ladder, but uh, a couple more performances like this, and um, all of a sudden they may be looking over their shoulder, where where we where we probably was thinking you know just before lockdown that you know it was a matter of when not. Not if uh, potential power will going to defend their premiership. So you might go through that. Those guys in just a moment will go through the table and the run home for for certain clubs. But you're right; they they still have a very good margin for error. Strikers are their point part. It's a very good result. Oh, not very good. It's a it's a good result for them at home, but it's probably um not likely to change their fate at the end of the day. Now, one team who may possibly be about to change their fate, Redlands. You know, we know that Adam. We dubbed them the great escape artists in 2020 for what they did. They picked up a 3-2 win today away to Logan Lightning, a 94th-minute winner from Sturgeos Papasturgu. I apologise if I butchered your name there, but it's a 94th-minute winner for Redlands, and it could be the start of something. You never know. Look, that's uh, that's exactly it. You know, we, they, they seem to have a knack of escape, and it looks like the the first steps to that escape may run through this uh, the final six games of the season, where I think we calculate they need to win four of their last six and hope the results go their way for them to get out of it. So, um, like a lot easier said than done. But uh, yeah, look where where there's um, where there's hope, there's life, and uh, I think that that's all they can believe. And also as well, the bounce of the uh, new coach new coach um, sort of bounce with uh, Richard Greer stepping down midweek and Graham Harvey, who's back from his exploits in the Asian Champions League for Kaya FC, is back, it sort of is on the sideline. And look, if there's any coach that could maybe navigate this, it is Graham Harvey. He's one of, one of the best in the league. He is a very good coach, right? We've seen him, the work he can do with other clubs around the NPL, including at Redlands, actually, before he did go over to Kaya. And that famed new coach change bounce that always comes through. I think the degree of difficulty this time for Redlands is much higher than it was 
in 2020. You mentioned you laid out what they're probably going to have to do to survive, but also there was there's no obvious candidate in those spots just above the relegation zone this year. You look at and think they might be on a bit of a downward run of form. Last year, obviously Brisbane City had their their own issues and they were trending downwards, whereas Redlands were moving moving up, and it took them until the last minute actually, basically of the season to ultimately survive. So it's a very very long road for Redlands, but it's got to start somewhere. Absolutely, and um, yeah, look, I, I'm not I'm not so sure about as far as you know. There are a couple of clubs I would be concerned about. They don't pick up results. Uh, they could very very easily you know be sort of really looking above their shoulders. We'll we'll get that because obviously we'll we'll talk about the run home uh, shortly. But uh, but yeah, I think there are certain signs, certain clubs. Absolutely. The feature game, which we did cover on Saturday night in our coverage, Adam, was down on the Gold Coast at the Croatian Sports Centre between Gold Coast Knights and Moreton Bay United. As I said, it was a 3-1 win for Gold Coast Knights in that game. And it was a really impressive fight back, actually, from the Knights, wasn't it? Because Moreton Bay got the early goal and it looked like, well, they might be able to go on with this. Knights look like they're a team who aren't at their best coming out of lockdown either. But the, the fight back from Knights was really impressive and it was their senior players at the fore of it, namely Mitch Nichols and Jason McQuasso. Yeah, um, yeah, the uh, Morton Bay hit the front after seven minutes, where Ethan Ethan Grimley was able to um, to score score fairly fairly on from a Joe Scott, uh, you know, I guess cross sort of pass, and it sort of you know, really got him in behind. Now, Joe Scott probably had one of his his best games since moving from Thunder. Obviously, the the step up from FQPL up to MPL, I think, has been a long look. Learning curve for him, but he he was pretty he looked pretty good for for much of the game. But uh, yeah, look at the end of the day, it was a case of of Gold Coast Knights just sticking to the game plan as they normally do. Mitch Nichols, yeah, he had a very very good game, and Jason McQuasse, you know, with, with a brace. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, Gold Coast uh, Knights ran over the top of Morton Bay. But uh, look, a decent performance for for Morton Bay. Just yeah, like I said, uh, Knights too good on this night. They needed the results to them, their Gold Coast Knights. We mentioned last week that they have a pretty difficult run in and also they've played more games than anybody else in the season. So they really needed the three points. I think it would have been a good three points for a good good result either way, a point or all three for Morton Bay, whereas it was almost all or nothing for Gold Coast Knights last night, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And we also got a bad factor as well, Morton Bay. That that was uh, – they were backing up from, from uh, Tuesday night. So – so yeah, so you talk, talk about two games and in, in four days for them, uh, both on the Gold Coast, which is plenty of travel. Not making excuses for them, but that's uh, Gold Coast Knights. I know have faced similar difficulties when they do the road trip up here to Morton Bay, where they've had where they they lost both the double between Morton Bay and Peninsula Power, you know, sort of travelling midweek and then on the weekend. So yeah, you got to take that into account. But um, look, Knights, they they need the win. They need the win. They need three points because even though they're sitting on th- a third at the moment, uh, more games than everyone else, they're, they're vulnerable. Absolutely. And just finally, before we go through the table in the MPL men's competition, we've got to talk about, firstly, the result for Sunshine Coast up in Mackay on Saturday night. Because it looked like at one point, they looked like they were going to drop points. And it's going to be, it's been a great run for Sunshine Coast, but is this going to come to an end? But they really put the afterburners on in the second half, didn't they? Including what I'm going to call the goal of the year favourite from Oliver Duncan, an unbelievable overhead kick. I'm sure if you haven't seen it, it'll be on all social media very soon, but that's a tremendous strike and a really good result away for for the Wanderers in what was looming to be a pretty tricky game after about an hour. 
Yeah, two one down, and um, in, in the blink of about twenty minutes, they were able to basically put four on um, on Magpies Crusaders, who I think again they I think they pretty much their their um, relegation bound or whatever the future may hold, depending on whose version of events you believe. But um, but yeah, uh, Sunshine Coast are a team that you know traditionally in the past have dropped points away from home. We always known that you know Ballinger Park. You know, has been a bit of a fortress for them, and that's what's probably kept them up in the top flight. But they are picking up some valuable wins um, on on the road. And, uh, yeah, look, I think it was a great test of character for them to sort of you know, get, get out of a jam in pretty much in very, very stylish fashion. And, look, I agree. Uh, Oliver Duncan's goal, all I'm saying is, wow. An unbelievable bit of skill from the young midfielder. A tremendous bit of play. And you mentioned those Wanderers. They are up into second place on the MPL table as we go through that. Now, Peninsula Power, they still are sit top of the table. Obviously, they have five points clear of the Sunshine Coast Wanderers. They do have a game in hand over them, so that could go as high as eight points. We'll have to wait and see. But they do lead at the moment by five. The Wanderers are in second. Gold Coast Knights are in third. Brisbane Raw have dropped down to fourth with their game to play on Monday night, so they could move back up into second with the win. But that's your current top four. Olympic are also also Brisbane Roar in fourth on 39. Olympic are also on 39 points as well. Goal difference is in the favour of the Roar on that one. You've got Lions up into sixth, Morton Bay down into seventh. And Adam, we might we'll split the table into two actually because it's a very clear top seven and bottom seven at the moment, isn't it? So that top seven is very very tight in terms of that spot top those spots of the top four. And as we talk about the run home for teams, do you think there's a team we've got a a better run in than others? Because to me, it seems like there's, there's not a lot of difference between these teams having their run in. It seems to be that they've all got a few couple of winnable games, but they've got games against each other, which I think are going to be tremendously fascinating as we conclude this this very interesting and entertaining season. Yeah, look, I think that just looking at the run run home for all all um, the top seven at the moment, you, you're absolutely right. There are, t- there are games that are winnable, and, those, and they're the games, the games that probably make a difference. You do not want to be dropping points to teams that are not in that top seven. Um, and then also as well, they are playing against each other. Even Morton Bay, who are at the moment um, probably in, are sitting in seventh on 36 points, they, they still, if they can win a couple of games against, especially against teams that are in their, that are in their sort of, in that group of seven, including, you know, a big game at home against Brisbane Raw Youth coming up, uh, Brisbane Raw Academy, I should say, uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers and Lions. See, games like that, that, that could, def- that just for Morton Bay, who are in seventh spot, they're the games that will define who goes where. Um, like I said, Gold Coast Knights, I think it should be very concerned. They've got, yeah, I haven't got the games in hand on the others, but then again, um, they would be hoping that a few results do go their way, and that you know some of the teams in the bottom half of the uh, of the ladder actually do some favours. Absolutely, Gold Coast Knights have only got the five games remaining. Everyone else has between seven and eight, depending on which teams you're looking at. The one thing that's got a very very difficult one, and actually is the aforementioned Sunshine Coast Wanderers, who they sit second at the moment, but they're about to play everybody else in that top seven over the run-in for them. So that, and the good thing is that most of those games are at home. They've got Lions at home, Gold Coast Knights at home, Olympic at home, and Peninsula Power at home in that run-in. So while they're playing against the teams in and around them on the table, they're at home. And we've seen Adam so far in 2021, their home form has been exemplary. So 
Well, it's about to get very difficult for the Wanderers playing against teams in and around them. They're at home and their fate is in their own hands. They could end up hosting a semi-final if things work out for them. That'd be, that would be amazing if they, if they did. And the games that they do have away from home, Brisbane Strikers, which, you know, we, we, we would have said, you know, maybe three hours ago, you know, that was almost a gimme three points. But uh, look, I, I don't know. I think I think Strikers could, you know, could could possibly, you know, cause a few headaches for teams, especially if they're not on their game. And the other game, I think, which is a huge game, will be against Moreton Bay at Walter Park. They're two games away from home for uh for Sunshine Coast Wanderers, the rest are at Ballinger Park. So, you, if you're Paul Arneson, uh, you'll be thinking that you know you're a good chance of sealing that top four, you know, before you know before Peninsula Power visit in the last round. That feels like a game that Paul Arneson and Royce Brownley will have circled on their calendar mm. as a must. And we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. We'll move on to the bottom half of the table now. And you mentioned there's teams here who can play spoiler, and I think that is what these teams are doing from this point. Eastern Suburbs are pretty much, I think it's fair to say, they're safe on 25 points. They're not going to be in the discussion for top four, but they're not going to be dragged into anything lower down than that either. So they're safe on 25. Logan also pretty much safe on 22. But then you've got Gold Coast United, 20. Capalabar, 20. Redlands, 9. Brisbane Strikers, 8. Magpies State is 7. Now, there's still a very, very big gap. So it's almost four games, a gap there between 11th and 12th, Adam, but... It's very, very interesting because Redlands do have a couple of games coming up which are very, very winnable, including Magpies Crusaders at home this weekend upcoming. And they do finish away to their near and not-so-dear neighbours, Capalabar, which could make... If things, if they do go on a run, that fixture could be very, very interesting on the final night of the season. Alternatively, it might also be an opportunity for Capalabar to send them off to FQPL2 if things don't go the way, but it could be an interesting fixture either way. Absolutely. For, I did say earlier, four or six uh, for Redlands United as far as, you know, they, of, of what's winnable games. It starts with Magpies, you know, at, at the Compass Grounds next week. Gold Coast United also probably at the moment, their form is probably a winnable game. Also at the Compass Grounds, uh, Brisbane Strikers away. Again, that's going to be a very, very uh, fascinating tie, that. And, um, and yeah, and then Capella on the final round. They do have games against Gold Coast Knights and... Uh, Olympic, which is so be, be very tough to get anything out of uh, against those sides, especially those sides motivated as well to pick up as many points as they can in the other to so the top half of the competition. So, so yeah, so it is possible. I wouldn't put it beyond the realms of possibility. I do worry about Gold Coast United. No, I was saying that there's, there's clubs that I do worry about that, uh, especially sort of you know they've got a long fixture list. They've got they, they seek potential power twice. In the, in that in that run home, um, they've got Lions as well. They've got a derby on the final day of the season, as well. So if they don't start winning games, um, they they while they have you know, a number of games in hand, I think the pressure might start building on them, especially if the likes of a Redlands start you know putting games together, or even Magpies Crusaders who have got uh, well, I'm just counting. Two, They've got a lot six. of games playing. They've got a lot percent. of games, and look, if they, if they, you know, somehow, some way, command to start winning games, look, you never know. They, <laughs> I think that one might be a little bit more of a, more of a stretch. I think if any of them are like, I don't think any of them are likely to get out of trouble. Let's just be brutally honest about it. But I think if yeah. any of them can, with the run of games they've got, Redlands might be the one. But it's a million to one shot. And you mentioned they've got games against Gold Coast United and Capalaba, both of those two teams. Only need one win 
to secure their safety, and they may very well pick up those wins against Redlands. But yep. as we said, well, there's life, there's hope, and we, as I said, they are the escape artists. So mm. they've got form with this. As as crazy as it is, they do have form with it. I was just going to say about if somehow, some way, Magpies were to you know run the gambit, and win their last eight games straight. Not only would they only save themselves, but they are going to really have an impact on what happens in the final series because they play pretty much every team in in contention that in that finals spot. So, but uh, yeah, you're right. Look, if it be, if we're being real about that, I think it might be that might be too difficult a task. But look, Redlands as well. While um, Capalaba and Gold Coast chase that. Gold Coast United chase that one win to to pretty much theoretically seal safety. Redlands are a live hope. Absolutely. We'll talk more about that next week because a couple of teams could be relegated as soon as next weekend. Moving on to the MPL Women's, where there was a full round of fixtures played over the weekend, starting off with Capalabar 2, Gold Coast United 1, Eastern Suburbs 4, Morton Bay United 3, a last-minute winner there for Eastern Suburbs. And in games played today, a pair of 2-0 wins away from home, firstly for the QAS up on the Sunshine Coast. And for the league-leading Lions, they continue on their merry way towards another premiership. 2-0 winners away to South United. Adam, we'll talk about the game which we covered on our social media on Saturday afternoon out there at John Fredericks Park. Kapalabar, in a really good game, were able just to get over the line against a pretty good Gold Coast United. And two sides which, to me, are very evenly placed. Yeah, look, this game could have gone either either way. Uh, they like said this. This is probably was the match of the round as far as the MPL women's go, and it, it did it did deliver in, in certain respects. Um, it, it goals goals to Larissa Crummer and Amber Sims for Kapalabar and Isabel Habuda scoring for Gold Coast United and won all half time, and it was a Sims goal that uh, that finished it off. But, um, yeah, look, it was a good win for Kalbar, considering that they are very, very short-handed at the moment. They only named uh, the Bear 14, and that and that included a certain Amy Chapman, who we know is injured at the moment, thanks to intel from, we heard from our good, good and dear uh, co-host on our flagship show, who was in commentary on that game. We but, shouldn't um, be divulging our sources, but no, you're right. Amy Chapman was... <laughs> on the bench yesterday and wasn't clearly not going to get involved with, but right, it was a good win given they were shorthanded. Speaking of injured players, actually, Momo Hayashi made her return from injury for Gold Coast United after a long injury layoff with a knee injury. And it's great to see her back. Yeah, look, I, I'm very, very forward in saying that I believe that at her peak, she's the best player in the league. And it's good. To, it's good to see her back after a year out of the game because um, of a serious uh, knee injury. And, she could really very well by time finals roll around a second time. She could uh, play play a very very big part in Gold Coast United's fortunes. Um, oh, I think also as well for Gold Coast United, it's amazing at the moment that you know the struggles they've got. That the apparently uh, according according to Gold Coast United across their entire MPL women's program, they're missing about uh, they're missing several i think i think the number i heard was 70 something players from under 13s right up to seniors because of the border situation at the moment so that that in itself the fact that they still can field competitive teams across all the grades i think it's it's sort of a credit but um yeah i think that's um there's a couple of obviously top line players that are that are caught up in that in for the senior women namely d thompson who i think you know would add a bit more strike power 
to to that Gold Coast United side. And I think that's I think that's what was lacking yesterday because uh, obviously Isabel Habuda was was doing her bit, but I think they really missed D Thompson as that second option. Absolutely, They're probably missing a lot of players on both sides of the club down there at Gold Coast. Obviously, with the border situation mm-hmm. as it currently is, hopefully things can get sorted out on the other side of the border and we can maybe get some players back on this side of the border for the upcoming finals. We'll have to wait and see what happens with all that. I would love to see actually that matchup in the finals once again, I see between Capalaba and Gold Coast. Because to me, they are that even. It just would be an unbelievable match. I think Lions are pretty clearly ahead of the field, but I think those two teams are very evenly matched. We'll have to take a quick look at the table. Lions re- retain a nine-point lead at the top of the table with a game in hand, we played this week against the QAS, so it could balloon out to as much as 12 points if they get the win there. Gold Coast United are a cover, a second. Gold Coast United, a third. And Eastern Suburbs are actually up into fourth place. So that win for Eastern Suburbs at home to Moreton Bay United could see Eastern Suburbs in the box seat, potentially, to secure a spot in the semifinals. With, and, it's, and it's between them and South United. I think South would probably be the favoured team for that spot, Adam, but... Easter are in the Easter in a good spot at the moment with a one point lead at the moment. Yeah, that's that's a um that was a big win last night uh by East, I think. And um yeah, South obviously uh, just looking at their run their runs home, it's fairly evenly matched as well. Uh they they've actually obviously they've played each other already in this second phase. So it's a it's gonna be a shootout and they, they relatively play um pretty much the same sides. The only difference is that that East where maybe a little bit vulnerable, even though one point ahead is they've, they've got Lions in that run, whereas obviously South lost today to Lions. That might uh, balance it up again. But uh, yeah, look, if they if they if South sort of drop another game, they they've got Gold Coast United uh, next week. That could be really interesting as far as their run home, especially if East the East play Capalabar as well. So that's not as that's no easy feat either. So that's going to be a very very interesting. Um, play for that for that fourth spot. Absolutely, we'll move on and quickly talk about the FQPL women's. Trying to find those results now, actually. Oh, there they are. So there was a full round of results played in the FQPL women's as well. Mitch, Mitchelton lost one nil at home to Brisbane City, but it was played at Spencer Park. I'm not sure what that's all about, but apparently it was played at Spencer Park and Mitchelton were the home team. Western Pride six, Peninsula Power two, Logan three, Virginia nil. Olympic three, Thunder nil, and it's, it seems to be Olympic continuing along their path towards favouritism for that spot back up into the NPL Women's next year, Adam. Yeah, again, as, as I've said for a number of weeks, I think it's it's a race in three for that for that um, promotion spot back to NPL between Olymp, Olympic um, Olympic Brisbane City and Western Pride. The latter, obviously, has also got a. Um, Kappa Women's Super Cup final as well to contend with over over that uh, time, and they've also had a coaching change as well with um, Trent Gregson um, suddenly departing. So, a very very interesting time, very interesting timing as such um, for for Western Pride to make that change in the coaching ranks. It is a bit of a surprise when you mentioned that it's between Olympic Brisbane City and Western Pride. Well, Olympic play those don't play those two sides until the final two weeks of the season. So we'll have to wait a few weeks for those matchups, but we'll have to see what happens in those when they do arise. We'll move on to FQPL 1 in the men's, where there was also obviously a full round played over the over the weekend. And it, well, it was, no, there wasn't a full round played because Wolves and Ipswich Knights is still to be played. I, believe, I think it's going to be played on Monday night. I'm not 100 
100% sure on that, so I double check that, but it is still to be played at some point. In the games which were played, Brisbane City 3, Southside Eagles 0, Western Pride 3, Roaster Rose to a five-goal thrill. They're all those goals in the first half. Mitchelton left it late to beat South by two goals to one. And Sunshine Coast Fire held on 3-2 away to Holland Park. Adam, where do you want to start? You want to start at the top of this top of the table or at the bottom? Uh, look, let's, let's let's get through the inevitable and that uh, that Brisbane City are probably a week away from returning to uh, the MPL. They're then they're obviously on course uh, to do that. And it looks like Southwest Queensland Thunder might be the side that we're preventing them from uh, from getting there after their, after their win. So Rochdale dropping points in a, in a game that where all the goals are scored in the first 30 minutes, pretty much. Um, they, they couldn't find, find you know, an equaliser or a couple of goals to win that. So I think they, their hopes are, as far as... You know, even a home semi final might be gone with, with Thunder all of a sudden back in the picture. But yeah, I think that's the inevitable spot that City are going to uh, are going to um, earn that promotion as as soon as Saturday. Absolutely, you mentioned it there. Western Pride's win over the Roadster Rovers extends Brisbane City's lead to five points over Roadster Rovers. But they have three games in hand on the Roadster, but that's not actually that. They actually cannot catch them, I don't think, anymore. Oh, they can, but it's very, very unlikely that Rochdale will finish ahead of Brisbane City. It's only really thundered mathematically now who can do that. And you mentioned it could be over for Brisbane City in the next seven days. It could be as soon as midweek. There's games played midweek between all the teams in FQPL1. Brisbane City are at home to Mitchelton, I believe, whereas Holland Park make the trek up the range to Thunder. And if they get any result in that match the Holland Park Hawks, then they will that will automatically see Brisbane City promoted to MPL Queensland in 2022. But if Thunder get the job done, then Brisbane City, to your point, get the chance to seal it next Saturday at home. And I, I imagine that would be the way they would want to do it. When they want to do it at home in front of a big crowd there at CTM Stadium and return the club to back where they believe they should be. Yeah, and like I said, it's, obviously it's been a... Um, it's been... Obviously, they, they haven't they haven't uh, dropped a game this season in the league, so pretty much what they set out to the start of the season to bounce back straight away. It looks like that's going to come in, into fruition. Uh, and as you said, yeah, you're right. It actually could be it could actually be you know, Wednesday night should there be a shock result up in, up in Toowoomba. But I think realistically speaking, I think um, Brisbane City on Saturday night against Holland Park at CTM Stadium. I think that will be that will be promotion secured. Yeah, well, Holland Park also, they need the result as well. That's the important thing about mm. this is they need the result because of their situation. They've only got three games left to play in the season. They're six points behind the eighth place team on the table. So they really need a result. And that could change as well. Which is nice to have their game in hand. So that could balloon out to, to seven points with three games to play. So they need a result desperately in that game on Wednesday night, I believe it is up there in Toowoomba. Otherwise, they could be the first side to be relegated to FQPL2 for next season. And Wynnum Wolves also need three points in their game against it, which is nice. Otherwise, they would also be in the, also be sharing that same fate. So it seems like a couple of teams are about to, to go through the trap door, Adam. And the third spot looks like it might be a straight fight between Sunshine Coast, Fire and South United, who play in two weeks' time. But it's which Knights have found themselves in the middle of that equation as well with games in hand. So it could be a three-way fight, but it looks like it'll be a straight fight between 
for Sunny Coast and South for that third and final drop spot. Yeah, that's how it looks like. Uh, Ipswich Knights, yeah, so they're in that point part of the table only by virtue of being three games behind. But look, if they drop all three games, um, not only do they put pressure from behind, but also as well, they might be in, in real trouble as well. But uh, yeah, looking at the form, the form form of the season, I'd say Ipswich Knights, you know, they'll, they'll be okay. And you're right, it comes down to some Sunshine Coast. Uh, fire and South United that third relegation spot. It certainly appears that way. And he mentioned it could be Coronation Day as soon as Saturday in FQP. Well, it also could be Coronation Week for Caboolture FC as well, who had an 8-0 win away to Coomer on Saturday night. They find themselves in a position where they are one result away from securing a spot in FQPL one is something which we've t- spoken about a few times now. I'll go through the results first, then we'll go through that. So the rest of the results, Grand Sissel for Virginia 2, Tringer 1, Magic 1, Sanford 1, North Star 1. The table sees Caboolture sitting 10 points clear of Turinga Rovers, who can no longer catch them. It's only Grange Thistle who can do so, Adam. And that's only a point needed for Caboolture to secure safe, safe passage to FQPL 1 next week. It may, it may be down at Birmingham Road against Magic United next Saturday if... Grain Sissel don't win their game in hand midweek, which is against Magic United. So if Grain Sissel don't beat Magic, Caboolture are promoted. If they do, then they can get the chance to do it next weekend anyway. But it seems like both Brisbane City and Caboolture could have big nights coming up. Yeah, and look, again, uh, same thing we said about uh, Brisbane City. It's looked like on the cards for a while that Caboolture... Obviously, a, a club on a mission, um, and, and they look like they'll be up in FQPL uh, 1. The other interesting fact is that looking at FQPL 2 next season, we already know one club that will be joining. Um, yes. They'll be joining the FQPL 2 next season. That's Albany Creek Excelsior, who have claimed the Brisbane Premier League title uh, earlier this evening, and they've, they go, will go up. Now, um, I believe no teams go down. So, not this so year. yeah, so, yeah I, I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't read fully because obviously all the um, all that sort of is still unclear about how FQPL 3 and below works exactly. But I do know that, yeah, Albany Creek Excelsior will be, um, will be joining uh, FQPL 2 next season, which means pretty much uh, there will be uh, Football Queensland games are at Walter Park every week next season. There could be multiple games a week there. Yeah. Also, that's one team who wear red and black stripes out of FQPL2 replaced <laughs> by another. What is it with you up there in Morton Bay with the red and black stripes? It's, is it a favoured uniform or something, is it? Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> to, to be honest, uh, there's, no big, there's no big pine trees on them, so I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's quite an anomaly, actually. Yeah. Uh, that but uh who knows but uh but yeah it's uh yeah it's a be good good to see and it'll be interesting how the the um obviously with the obviously the talk about how the you know the, the grades below fqpl2 the obviously with football queensland now pretty much having that pyramid right down through to the grassroots and how that that's going to be you know in effect the next couple of seasons i think we're going to see some clubs you know yeah, obviously some new clubs as well as well some very historic clubs that could you know start rising up the ranks of the pyramid. 
and Albrook it would certainly fit that criteria, wouldn't it? They obviously are affiliated with heavily with Morton Bay United, out of the same mm. same organisation, basically. But it'd be great to see a historic club back on one step closer to being at the back to the top of Queensland football. Yeah, yeah, and that's um, like I said, a few. I'm not sure. Like I, said, I haven't been paying too much attention to what else is going on in the Brisbane Premier League, but they have been the dominant team. We saw the only time we have seen them in action is they actually pushed Gold Coast United in the in the uh, FFA Cup qualifiers right through to penalties, and we thought then that they they were very very impressive. But yeah, they in the Brisbane Premier League have been the team to beat, and just like Caboolture and Brisbane City in their respective leagues, uh, yeah, they are enjoying they're enjoying promotion. They are, and we'll see what they can do in FQPL2 in 2022. Before we move on from this competition, Adam, I was tracking this last night because it was very, very fascinating to me anyway. Matt Hornby and Cameron Cristani were going on their own little personal battle to see who could get a hat-trick first. A pair of number sixes for their... Wearing the number six. I think Matt Hornby plays up front, but he was wearing the number six shirt. They were going head-to-head in different games to see who could get a hat-trick First, and Matt Hornby won by about half an hour. He got his hat trick in 36 minutes, whereas Christine, Cam Cristani took an hour. But there was a point there where they both scored two goals in about five minutes. So it was very, very fascinating. Yeah, um, look, we know we know Matt Hornby's pedigree and obviously his exploits, you know, for, for previous clubs are much higher up, i.e. Peninsula Power. But yeah. uh, look, Cam Cristani now getting a hat Playing in midfield uh, too, by the way. Yeah. We've always known him as a bit of a defender, but uh, he, he actually has some scores that we've actually seen personally, some cracking goals he scored himself. So he's obviously getting amongst the goals. Um, and what was a bit of a right for um, Kabulcha uh, last night down at uh, Viney Park? He enjoyed his hat trick. Congratulations to Cam Crusade. Now we'll, we'll jump in. Performer of the Week. It's, can we go anywhere else but Oliver Duncan here? Surely that's got to be the Performer of the Week with a strike like that. Uh, yeah, that was that was where I was thinking, and alternatively as well, I was going to throw in Matt Hornby and Cam Cristani as well for getting their hat tricks as well. But uh, yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward who the performance of the week was. Absolutely, it's a tremendous strike, and I look forward to seeing that again on replay during the week. It was, I can't. It is the best. Look quickly. That is so far the goal. Here. I can't think of any any goals earlier earlier in the year. It's been a very long year for a number of reasons, but I can't. Seem to think of any others that stand out off the top of my head that that uh, in the discussion. Oh yeah, I look, I think so. I'd have to look back there. Look, there have been some good goals scored, but nothing like that. That's almost. Yeah. Um, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to sort of go say Puskas worthy, but um, it's next yeah, look, slightly it, level down from there, but it's in the yeah. But it certainly is. It obviously, you know, a lot of players have seen to have a knack from scoring from a long range. They they seem to be the goals that. Um, that really do so garner attention, but that's just technically was just just brilliant. Absolutely. Now, before we wrap up, Adam, what's one fixture you're looking forward to in the next seven days? Um, look, I'm actually next next week. Uh, two big games uh, next Sunday. Uh, I don't know which game we're gonna we're gonna cover yet. We'll have to sort of discuss and depend on results midweek. But uh, Sunday Sunday afternoon sees. Uh, Sunshine Coast, Wanderers and Lions uh, kick off at four o'clock and then six o'clock Brisbane, uh, Brisbane Raw Academy take on Olympics. So two games that have huge implications as well uh, in that. And also as well, even uh, potential power Gold Coast Knights on say, no, that was a game where we thought, yeah, that could go either way. But uh, given potential power's form, uh, 
that that could be very very interesting to see how how Powell bounced back as well. And that's being only days out from their clash against Brisbane Raw in the in the uh, FFA Cup. So yeah, look, there's a lot into that. That's that's, that's only looking at MPL yeah. men. Look, yeah. uh, obviously promotion promotion potential for a couple of clubs, obviously in the lower leagues as well. I think next week is going to be a very very newsworthy week. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned there's six of the top seven playing each other in the NPL. So I've just, I've got to go with what appears to be Coronation Night at Spencer Park on Saturday. I think it's going to be a great night. Looking forward to. It. Hopefully, hopefully it does come through and that matchup does have the promotion spot hanging on the line. It'll be great to be there on Saturday night and see that. But because we've been, we've seen Brisbane City's decline in the last 12 to 18 months. It'll be great to see them. Not not fully complete their um resurgence but get that next step of it back into the NPL. I think it'll be great to see but we'll have to wait and see what happens in the next seven days. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks Scott. Alright, that'll do it for this edition of the Brisbane Footballers NPL Sunday. We'll be back once again next weekend and talk about everything that happens here in Queensland football. For now, we'll talk to you next time.